Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. Hear now the word of the Lord from Ruth chapter 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malone and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malone and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of the people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud, and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, Would you wait until they grow up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. And at this they wept again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, thank you, Becca, for reading our scripture today, and and happy Mother's Day. Thank you for joining us today for our online service. My name is Steve, and I'm one of the pastors here at TCC. Today, we're going to begin a four-week series on the little book of Ruth. It's tucked deep in the Old Testament of the Bible, written around 1010 BC, after David was king. It begins with these words, in the days that the judges ruled, which says a lot about the setting of our story. It was not a good time period for God's people. It was such a dark time of religious and moral degeneracy. 
national disunity, often famine, and frequent foreign oppression. But unlike so much of the writing from this period, which is often bloodthirsty adventures mostly, especially the Old Testament book of Judges, Ruth, on the other hand, is a beautiful love story. It's a bright light of truth in this love story. God will guide and bless people even in the midst of personal tragedy. May God win our hearts with his love, which is so powerful he can weave even our tragedies into his perfect plan. I'm going to invite you to pray for that this morning. Lord, we do pray that you'd win our hearts with with your love today, that we'd see it a little clearer, a little brighter, and give us hope and inspire us to live lives of love. Again, we thank you for our moms. Bless them in this day, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in this first episode in Ruth, have your eyes and hearts open to these three facets of love I'll be looking at with you this morning. First of all, it's the love we don't feel or see. I call it not feeling the love. The second one we're going to look for are the glimpses of love that we see. And thirdly, the legacy of love. Let's start right in. Number one, not feeling the love. Let's just be honest. Moms don't always feel the love. Am I right? Being a mom is challenging, difficult, excruciatingly at times. But here's a few memes I've seen posted by TCC moms recently. My kids can pick up 3,000 Easter eggs in a giant yard in two minutes, but it takes two hours to pick up five toys. There's one with a diagnosis for those harried and persistent feelings of fatigue moms often feel. It says this, I'm afraid you have what's known as children. Sometimes moms just don't feel the love. Or how about this one? Mom told me not to touch it. This represents those times where we have to discipline our kids, but we're really laughing on the inside. Here's a fourth one. This is me in Target without my kids. This fifth one, I found this one, and it, it, it just struck me because it was exactly the thoughts I had the other night when I was giving Mike, our one-year-old grandson, his last bottle right before going to bed, and his big brown eyes were looking up at me, and he says this, never make eye contact with a kid about to fall asleep. They'll sense your excitement and abort mission. You know, actually, truth be told, I'd rather slip out with him the back door and take him to ice cream, but you know, I don't want to lose my job. I want to be invited back. I mean, it's just so awesome. But, you know, not so much with moms, especially when kids won't go to sleep. Well, here's another one. Silence is golden unless you have young kids. Then silence is suspicious. This certainly was true for the Dykstras. The silence they thought was their little guy's nap time turned into be the artwork on their wallpapered wall with Vaseline and then with the attempt uh, to clean it up with baby powder. Here's a few photos of that. What a mess. And I saw this online and I didn't know if I should laugh or cry. What, what What a mess. Well, of course I laughed. I mean, I'm a grandparent now and we just smile knowingly. We've been there, we know. And we also laugh with a little payback joy. Oh yeah, I, I definitely, definitely laughed. It's biblical, you know, truly. I mean, not the payback part, but the laughter part. Proverbs 17 says, a cheerful heart is good medicine. We get it though. Being a mom is, is hard sometimes and we don't always feel the love, but don't lose your sense of humor. Keep sharing these posts appropriately, at least mostly appropriate. 
These are all fun, uh, but really when we think about Mother's Day, truth be told, for some today, Mother's Day can be very difficult for, for any number of reasons. We've been talking about this as staff, and we're certainly for you and we're praying for you today. In our passage today, oh my goodness, this love story, we see tremendous pain, especially in this first kind of episode. It's identity-altering, name-changing pain we see. And God includes it in his word in an honest sort of way, and we can be honest as well. Naomi, one of the main characters, which means pleasant or gentle, wants to change her name to Mara, and Mara means bitter. And that's the way this first episode ends. Here's what verse 19 says. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. Now they've come into Bethlehem. And they say, could this be Naomi? And here's what she says. Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. It's name changing suffering. She doesn't feel the love. Is she God's beloved? That's what I mean by identity altering. Does God care? Is God punishing her? Is now God against her? Has God gone to sleep on her? These are all common thoughts that come from not feeling the love. Now remember the bright light of truth that we shared at the beginning. God will guide and bless people even in the midst of personal tragedy. Naomi doesn't see it in this first episode, and often neither do we when we're in a, when the hard seasons of life. But our encouragement today is don't lose the faith. I mean, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now, a faith is a confidence of what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We don't see it, but doesn't mean it's not there. Oh, we can empathize with her. Think about what she's been through. Her family had to move to Moab from Bethlehem because of a famine. I mean, Bethlehem means house of food, but it's empty. And they, she has to leave her family and her surroundings. And likely will think like we'll never see each other again. It reminds me of the Dice ancestors as they moved from Holland to Chile, South America in 1910. They really thought we, we might not ever see each other again. These were before the days of social media and FaceTime and all these sorts of things. Well, they get there, they get to Moab, and yeah, her husband dies, and they've been there now for 10 years, and her sons get married. Neither of them are physically healthy, according to their names. Ruth's husband, Milan, means weakly or sickly, and, and uh, Kilion means frail. I mean, and then they do both die. I mean, how tragic. I mean, we cannot overemphasize what a horrible, dangerous, and desolate place Naomi finds herself with her two daughter-in-laws feeling abandoned by God, with, without protection or livelihood in a foreign land. I mean, I can only imagine her thoughts and feelings of abandonment. I do know this, that the enemy of her life, the enemy of your life, would like you and me to believe God doesn't care, or God is against us, especially when we're going through hard things. It makes me wonder about what my grandmother must have thought and felt after her first husband died, and she had an 11-year-old boy, which was my dad, and a 16-year-old girl, my aunt. Grandma Koning, Wally Verhoeven was her um, maiden name, and born in 1910, got married in 1932 to my 
Grandpa Gilbert Deist and uh, yeah, and uh, so she was 22 and then he died 16 years into their marriage in 1948 after a lengthy, excruciating struggle with a brain tumor. After being a widow for four years, she married John Conning and they were married for only two years. And from 1952 to 1954, at which time he died suddenly from a heart attack. And then she never remarried. She died in 2006 at age 95. I can only imagine that there were times in her life where she wondered about God's love and she just didn't feel it, maybe didn't see it. But here's a few things I remember about her. I remember her smile and her big hugs and her butter cookies, and the water in the fridge in Hanford so that water wouldn't taste so bad, and her gracious response when I dented her car backing it out of the garage. I mean, not one of my prouder moments. Her love for sports. I mean, I remember taking her Fresno State football game to watch Trent Dilfer from the student section with my grandmother. I mean, it was just so fun, and she loved it. And many, many other things, but mostly this I remember. Her love for us and her faith in God, and persistent prayer for me. And I honor her today on this Mother's Day. You know, God knows our names, and He does care, and will weave even our personal tragedy into His greater plan. Friends, Naomi's story isn't over yet, and and neither is yours. And this leads us to the second point. The glimpses and expressions of love we see in this first episode with this very, back, uh, this very dark backdrop in Ruth, we do get a few vivid glimpses of a God kind of sacrificial, selfless, and loyal and faithful love. May I suggest, as you sub- celebrate Mother's Day today, that we often get some of the clearer and clearest expressions of God's love through a mother's love. And as often is the case, those glimpses and expressions of beauty happen, happen even in the dark places. In this case, on the path of grief and hardship, if these three ladies in our story aren't on that steep, rugged grief path, I don't know who is. And here are the glimpses we do see in that first episode. The first one is this, Naomi's release of her daughter-in-laws to the family to their families of origin as Naomi plans to go back to Bethlehem she knows it will be hard for them like her and Moab to be a to be childless widows in a foreign country so risking her whole her own life and her own well-being in love she releases them and one of her daughter daughter-laws takes her up on that But what a glimpse of selfless love we see there. A second one is we see a loyal love from Ruth as she makes one of the most powerful, beautiful vows from one person to another ever recorded. Here's what it says, but Ruth replies, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Oh my goodness, what a bright light we see of a loyal love. This is a God sort of love. I've officiated a few weddings where the couple uses the version of these ancient words, and they are so, so powerful. 
Now, it seems to me that God's love must have been shining through Naomi's life, even in her grief and her questioning. To feel hurt, confused, and even angry with God is to have a personal relationship with God. He's a living God, not the little G God of the Moabites. And so Ruth says, even in all of this, Naomi, your God will be my God, she says. I just so wonder what stories Naomi must have passed on to her daughter-in-law, stories she had heard from her grandmother and from her mother as a girl. Well, this lastly, in the coming weeks, we'll get, an even, we'll get even clearer glimpses of the pro, profound beauty of God's provision and redeeming love. Pastor Ryan will share the next two weeks, and Shane will be wrapping it up. But I don't want to spoil the next episodes. I mean, I did binge read them, and I would encourage you to read all of Ruth as well. But this leads me to my final point, the, the legacy of love. At the end of episode one, Naomi wants to change your name. I've already said that. Naomi tomorrow, pleasant to bitter. But her story isn't over yet. And neither is mine, and neither is yours. As a matter of fact, your and my story, our legacy will live on into eternity. It will live on through your and my legacy, that which we leave for our family and for our friends. Consider this. Do you think that Naomi and Ruth and the other main character of this true story had any idea that in 2022 in Tulare, California, their story would be told to encourage and inspire people to more clearly see and live out in the good times and in the bad the love and provision of God? Or even my grandmother. Could she even imagine that I would be sharing her in a message, or people who continue to inspire and encourage you? Oh my goodness, it's certainly true for me, at least, that Naomi, Ruth, my grandmother, still inspire, still give us hope, vividly show us a faithful God, even in, especially through excruciatingly difficult life experiences. Well, this love story is just getting going. And your story is not other, your story is not over. He he knows your name. He he does care and he is for you. So moms, hang tough, hang in there, keep praying. You're raising the parents of your grandchildren, who will be the parents of your great grandchildren. And a word to us grandparents. Let's keep smiling. Let's let's keep loving. And and definitely let's keep encouraging and Absolutely, let's keep praying for our kids and grandkids and great-grandchildren, etc. And then to all of us, when life gets hard, let's keep our eyes up and hearts open. The glimpses of beauty are just around the corner. The story is not over. Hold on to hope and hold on to faith and hold on to love. Paul would say it this way, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Let's pray. Father, on this, on this father, uh, Mother's Day, would you indeed, Lord, just win our hearts with the truth, with your light, with your love. Hold us tight in our hope and in our faith and in our love for one another. Find us faithful, Lord. Again, I pray for each one in this morning. In Jesus' 
name I pray these things. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.